So one of the things I've tried to do in my own life and also encourage with the people particularly who work for Healing Care, and there must be 25 of us now, is to learn to spend your time by what I call the 80-20 rule. Now when I mean spend your time, I'm talking about the time of your work, the time of your employment, the time focused around your job. And the 80-20 rule is simply this, that I'd like to be able to set an atmosphere where 80% of our time we're able to spend our energies in the areas of our giftings and our passions. It, it's the place where God has put his anointing. It's a place where the Holy Spirit flows through us. And then I tell people about 20% of their time, they're going to have to do things that, well, they might not like to do, but that need done. And I call those paying the rent activities. Things you do because it's part of having a job and getting an income and paying your rent and having money to take care of your children. And so I think for the most part, this works for individuals. And I love watching our staff do that with a certain amount of enthusiasm. I mean, I have just great people. Maggie. She's the executive director of the Healing Care Center, highly educated, licensed as a counselor, loves to pour herself into people, but also recently at a retreat we were holding up there for people that were hurting, she was cleaning toilets and fine about that and actually treating people with dignity and honor. Vitor, he's another person that works for us up there and he was taking out the trash. Now, it'd be great if we had some other people or some volunteers who would like to do that, but we didn't. And they knew that wasn't their primary job. It wasn't the, the, the reason that they were hired, but they were willing to do that. And they, they just didn't complain, and it was such a blessing. And I could say more. Keith, the, the vice president of Healing Care, he sometimes goes up, the grass isn't cut, he jumps on the lawnmower, and off he goes to cut the grass. And frankly, his wife, Michelle, would do anything highly gifted, trained, licensed counselor, and yet when we have a need, she says, what can you do? And there's something about that that is really refreshing and really exciting. Now, sometimes out of necessity, we're in a situation where for a, for a short time, that gets out of balance. We got to spend a little bit more time doing things that are, well, what you might call paying the rent, Oh, we'll get back to doing 80% of our time in the area of our gifting, but sometimes it just doesn't work that way. And what I have noticed, I've seen it in myself, and I've seen it in some others, even people on our staff, is we can get a little bit hmm, testy maybe when situations arise where we're not doing exactly what we want to be doing, and the circumstance has us spending a little bit more time than we would want in what we would call paying the rent kinds of activities. Now, I bring that all up because of the degree to which the Lord really spoke to me and touched me just the other morning. So Sherry and I sponsor a prayer time. It happens very early, and we, we do it 20 minutes away from our home up at the Healing Care Center. So on that day, we get up early because we want to bring pastries and juices and other things up 
so people can enjoy them before we begin our prayer time. So I was over at about 6 a.m. at Miller's, which is this grocery store very close to our home, and they have a fantastic bakery. And by the way, their apple fritters are just out of this world. And so I went over to get things for the prayer meeting, and all of a sudden I stopped and I noticed there were vendors there already, and they were stocking shelves. There was a guy who came in, and he was working for a particular company, and he was, he was stocking the shelves where there would be puddings. Someone else was stocking their bread. Another guy had brought in beverages and was stocking beverages. And I watched them. And, and this thought came to me. I, I bet this isn't what they had thought they would want to do with the rest of their life. I bet this isn't those folks working in 80% in the area of their call and their gifting. But they were working at it with dignity. They were working at it with honor. They were treating people nice. They said hi to me as I walked by, asked how my day was as they're stocking shelves with pudding or sodas. And it really grabbed me, and it, it, it made me think about the fact that it's not only what we're called to do, it's how we're called to do things that make a difference. And they may have dreams. They, it even could be that this is their vocation, but bivocationally, they, they do something else. Maybe, maybe they're a pastor of a small church. But they do these things to, quote, pay the rent, but they don't do them with a sense of obligation. They do them with a sense of opportunity, and they do them in order to serve. And to be honest with you, it, it really grabbed me, and I, I ended up thinking about my own father. My dad spent 42 years working underground in a coal mine. Now, I know he loved mechanics. He, he liked wrenches and tools in his hands, and he liked working on heavy machinery. But I'm going to tell you something that he didn't like that was the majority part of the job. One week he would work 9 to 5. The next week he would work 3 to 11. The next week he would work 11 to 7. He was on these shifts over and over again. He went through one season where for the entire year he had to work what he called midnight. And he would work from 11 to 7, sleep some during the day, go back to work again. Now, not just that. He worked in the dark. Not just that. He was crawling around on dirty floors all the time. And he did it in part because it paid the rent and it, it got us clothes on our back and enables us to have food. But my dad did his work well and he advanced as you can in that kind of a setting. And I thought about that. Was this his dream? Absolutely not. He wanted to have either been a pilot or, believe it or not, a singer. And so, avocationally, he got his pilot's license and he took singing lessons and sang in church. But every day, to quote, pay the rent, he went into a very uncomfortable circumstance and he worked there and he gave it his all, and people found him as pleasant. And I never once heard my dad, if you will, bitter. I didn't hear him complain. 
My mother would pack that that tin garbage, I mean, tin uh, lunch box that he had. It had a little bit of water in the bottom and then had his food on top, and he would take it every day and come home, and he'd bring it to my mother. And he did that for over 40 years until he retired. I, I read something, and I remembered this, that I thought would be worth commenting on. It comes from Martin Luther King. And, and one of the things that he was doing was trying to show the dignity in what other people would see as common work. I remember once hearing him talk about domestics and to not put down the fact that a person's mom or dad had worked as a servant because he felt that was a noble occupation for someone. But, but listen what he wrote once. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Wow. It's great to have dreams and it's good to have giftings and it's wonderful to be able to have an opportunity to work in the area of that gifting and the area of that dream. But I think it's as important how we do what we do as it is what we end up doing. And it's so easy for a sense of entitlement to begin to leak into us that I'm so educated and I'm so gifted and my interests are so defined that when we have to do what would be called pay the rent activities that we do them with a negative attitude, not knowing that someone else can be watching just simply the way we do common things and do we do them in such a way that honor the Lord and that show care and respect for people. All work can have a certain amount of dignity and honor to it, even when we're working outside of the areas of our gifting. And it's important, I think, that we, we know that and we remember that. Which brings us, I think, to a scripture that would relate here, and it's, it's talking about something very, very uncomfortable. Paul is writing in Colossians about instructions for people, and he makes an instruction to a slave. Now, slavery was built different back then, but that, that, that's irrelevant. These were individuals that didn't have choice. And Paul writes these words that are good for all of us. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for a human master. Because you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a re reward. It is the Lord who you are serving. It is the Lord who you are serving. I think of these folks I mentioned, all of them with master's degrees and licenses. 
cleaning out toilets, carrying out trash, mowing ground, gra- uh, grass, saying, what is it that you need me to do? Do you want me to make beds? And they do it with a sense of honor and a sense of dignity, and they don't end up complaining back that they had to do something out of what they would say their lane. Well, there are times that that's exactly what we need to do, and we need to see that as an opportunity. Praise God that some of us get to work primarily in the area of our giftings. But that's not true for so many people, and yet they work with honor and with dignity, and they give glory to God. Could it be that today the the word we need to remember is, it's not only what we are called to do, but in part it has to do with how we are to do them. Even when we are facing these circumstances that is outside of the area of our gifting. I need to think about that. I don't want to live an entitled life. I want to be able to pitch in. I'm sure you're the same. May God bless you this day.